0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm going to read to you out of 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. It says, Do you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. You have to ask ourselves, Paul says, everyone's running, but one person wins. What is winning? You know, it can almost uh, it can almost give you the wrong mindset when you read that. Like, hey, all of us believers, we're all running the same race, but there's only one who's going to win. But I want to talk to you about what winning is. What is winning? Um, uh, when we look at that verse, you almost can look and you can start asking yourself questions. Well, what is winning in the body of Christ? Is it winning more souls to Jesus? Is the one who wins the prize? Is he winning more souls to Jesus? Is he getting to heaven? And the Lord's like got this scoreboard, and he's like, look. Here he is, uh, Reinhard Bonnke, 72 million souls. He's the winner. Here you get to sit at the feet of Jesus. What is winning? Um, I want to then look at uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7. It says, um, actually I'm going to read verse 5, 6, and 7. It says, but watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race, I have kept the faith. Winning is not beating a fellow believer. Winning is finishing in the body of Christ. Winning is fin- finishing. Now I'm not talking about a participation trophy, but I'm basically talking about a, a participation trophy. The winners are the ones who finish their course. This isn't something that we win. There there don't don't get me wrong. There're definitely people who are going to be in heaven without Treasure, but it's not success on the way we look at it. It's success on on God's in God's in God's view. Uh, the book on the anointing by Pastor Rodney has been so awesome because he says, and it's things I thought about before. But he said, success is doing what God has called you to do. And so, too many people end up in their life with a comparison. Even in the things of God, good things, comparison. Hey, my church is 250 people. Why does this guy have a church of 500 people? And a comparison where you're comparing your, your flock to another flock. Well, God gave you those people. And when you're ready for promotion, there'll be promotion. But those are your people, right? What if, what if you have a church in a small town? What if you have a church, God sends you to uh, have a church in a small town of a thousand people? You're probably not going to have 1,500 people in that church. Most likely not, Right. But a lot of times, comparison actually makes it where it takes the joy out of life. Um, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt, it's one of the Roosevelt's, who said um, that c- uh, comparison is the thief of joy. People end up in life, even in good things, of comparison of that person's more anointed me. This person's got better results than I do. This person sees more miracles. This person sees all this. And it actually begins to steal your joy. So I want to, for today's podcast, give you the reminder of what comparison does and how it has no place in the life of a believer. Um, The other scripture I want to read to you here is um, Philippians 3.8. Paul, where did it go? There we go. 3.7. But these things that were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, yes, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Winning is winning Christ. You know, when you stand before God one day, ultimately the only thing that's going to matter is, did you do what God called you to do? Hopefully you obeyed all his commandments. Hopefully you received Jesus. Hopefully you were washed in the blood. Hopefully you, you, you uh, received the free gift of salvation. And so you can make it into heaven. But for us, many times people look at one person, you look at people like Bishop or You look at people like Jonathan Shuttlesworth, if you're in the same circles we are. You look at people like Pastor Rodney. You look at people and there's always someone who's doing more, who's doing it more effectively. If Pastor Rodney compared himself... 20 years ago to where he is now. He's getting a lot more done now than 20 years ago. He's been in the ministry 40 years. If he's is his, if his second year in the ministry, he saw someone who was doing, he had a vision of someone running to 300 cities in two and a half years and igniting 100,000 people to win the lost, he'd be like, man, that's so crazy. I feel like such a, what am I doing? I'm such a baby here. What am I even doing? Like my, my life's counting for nothing. And then the Lord's like, oh, by the way, that's you in 40 years. Too often, we, we look at ourselves in light of what someone else is doing, and it steals our joy. You know, when I was in sales, I had a friend um, who uh, won more people to Jesus. We had both graduated here from Bible school, and I remember like feeling sad and feeling like, disappointed in myself. Because every time I would talk to him, he'd be like, yeah, you know, I was doing this and then I won this group of young guys to Jesus and then I sold, I made three sales today. And I'm like, man, I made two sales today and I didn't win anyone to Jesus. What's wrong with me? I'm not even a good Christian. You know, I love the Lord. I was winning people to Jesus, but I was winning less people to Jesus than this guy was. And at the same time, making less sales. And I remember the day, the day that I I noticed that it, it was actually wrong. Like there was something in my heart that was wrong in my comparison as I remember pulling up, i had made two sales for the day, pulling up the, the little um, stat sheet to see how everyone else did, and I was, like, excited. I was like, man, two sales, this was awesome. And I looked, and, and this guy had made three sales, and, like, my heart sank. Like, two sales was awesome, and I was perfectly happy with it. But the moment someone else had three sales, two sales wasn't enough. And it it made me realize, man, this guy is my brother. He's still to this day, one of my best friends. He's not my actual brother, but he's my brother in Christ. He's one of my best friends and him doing better than me discouraged me. And that's where my comparison, and that's really a form of pride because it means like I wanted to be the best, right? If you're doing anything so that you can be seen as the best, you're doing it with the wrong motives. Ultimately, it's the eyes of God. There's a song that came out a long time ago and it was the, my audience of one, and I remember um, Big Daddy Weave. I don't know how I know that, but that's, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. My audience of one, that when I'm living my life, uh, I'm going to stand before God one day and I'm ultimately going to give an account to Him for my life. And it's not going to matter. I mean, it will matter how many people I help win to Jesus, but not going to matter in the way of like, God's not going to look at me and be like, you won 40 million people to Jesus in your life, and this other ministry won 45. Why didn't you beat them? <laughs> We're all children of God. But there's so many areas of our life where comparison comes in. Man, this person's, you know, better looking than I am. This person's more successful. This person makes more money. And things that can make us feel less than ourselves. You know, you do something very, really good, and then someone does it better, and all of a sudden you're like, man it wasn't good enough and so beginning to identify in your life what where am i comparing myself with somebody else if you're in bible school oh that person's more anointed than i am that person man let time tell i want to tell you when i left bible school you know i loved the lord the lord had done a lot in my life in my third year in bible school with my relationship and my walk with the holy ghost but there was a guy who left bible school and was in the ministry was doing mass crusades within a year and i was working at at Sam's Club and then on staff here doing video editing and then in door-to-door sales, you know? And that comparison makes it where you don't enjoy what you're doing and it makes your motivation wrong. So I want to tell you, take your comparison off because comparison will make you feel lesser than somebody else. And this can be very destructive with God because a lot of times it almost is like it becomes a workspace thing. Like, oh, I win less people to Jesus. So Jesus obviously favors him over me. You know, if you're not seeking first the kingdom of God, if you're not obeying the voice of God, there's you'll, it'll show up in your life. The 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 key to being blessed by God, being prospered is, is the fact that you're his child first, but then also seeking first his kingdom. God's not going to entrust you with blessings. God's not going to entrust you with riches if you're not putting anything into his kingdom, if it's not affecting souls, right? We understand that. But ultimately, God doesn't look at you and say, Hey, you made three sales today but he made four. I'm disappointed, right? Um or you made zero and he made two. The comparison comes from the inside of us and it's a and it's wanting to be seen, it's wanting to be promoted. It's wanting on our our side to be, it's it's really our flesh being puffed up. Um, it's the same reason, this may be controversial, but the same reason it draws attention to the flesh. It's the same reason I don't think tattoos are a good idea as a Christian. I'm kind of strong against tattoos. I don't, it won't send you to hell, but it's not going to help you be a, a better communicator of the gospel. It was the same thing when I was early in sales, I had long hair and I realized like, man, I I may think my hair is cool. There may be other people that think my long hair is cool, but there are definitely some older people that think my long hair is not cool and they won't listen to me because of my long hair. If you're in door to door sales and you have a teardrop tattoo, you're going to struggle, right? In the same way, if you go out and get a bunch of tattoos and you go to preach the gospel, there are going to be a group of people who are probably not going to be able to receive what you're saying. And so, for their sake, Oh, man, this is just my expression. I'm getting Christian tattoos. Why don't you just get a Christian T-shirt? Put a Christian T-shirt on your body. Don't. The Bible says that your body is actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that's not your decision to make. You have to listen to me on this. The number one sin of mankind is is autonomy. I'm my own man, I or woman, I do it my own way. It's Burger King. I just have it my way. That's what sends people to hell. They don't want to have to listen to God. That is, that is rebellion, and it's 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 from the sin nature. So I know we look at tattoos, and it may not be a, but people are like, people get serious. You'll talk about this, and people will. I'll get an email or message on. I really like your podcast, but what you said about tattoos is offensive to me and my boyfriend that I'm living with. Right. People get crazy about this stuff because it's their like. No one's gonna tell me what to do. People, man, Christians spend so much time fighting for their Christian liberties. Like I can still be a Christian, and I can still be a Christian. If you spent more time fighting for the kingdom of God, fighting to get people into heaven, if you knew that that five percent of people would 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 have a tougher time listening to you because you went and put tattoos on. Now, I'm tell, now, I'm not saying if you were born again. And you came out of a life of whatever and had them. Don't remove them, right? That's a testimony. But don't go, go. You've been raised in church and you're a pastor's kid. And You're like I'm. Get, I'm just getting tattoos because I like him. That's not your body. That body belongs to your future spouse, and and I don't care if they like him either. That body belongs to the Holy Ghost, and you're gonna tell me, people, you don't. People don't. People people don't live their whole lives in the 80. Look at their body and be like, you know, one of the best decisions I ever made was getting tattoos. But people do look back and be like, what was I? thinking this was stupid. Because what if it's even one person who you walk upon to share the gospel with them? And because you look like you're a thug coming out there with your, your 14 tattoos, the tattoo that comes up behind your ear and o- over wraps around your eye, looking like Mike Tyson out here and people are nervous of you. Like we don't have the right to do this, but it's ultimately it comes down to it draws attention to the flesh. So if it's drawing attention to the flesh, but if you out there and you're like fighting for your liberties, if you'd spend more time fighting for the gospel, fighting, standing on a, t- t- going out and telling people, about Jesus rather than like I can listen to this music and be a Christian. If you if you're saying those things, I can do this and be a Christian. I can do this. You're you're saying the wrong thing. That it's not this isn't about I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to get as close to the line as possible. Like, you know, it ain't sin. This is my personal conviction. Stop fighting for your personal convictions. The Bible in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians actually talks about how your conscience when you're with other people your conscience doesn't matter. It's what someone else's conscience matters that that matters the most. If you go and there's someone who's been delivered from alcohol, I think alcohol I think you're stupid if you drink alcohol. First of all, if you're a Christian you drink alcohol, I think you're stupid. I think you're you'll never be used by God like you should be. If the people that God used Samson, the people that God used that 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 and he said don't John John the Baptist don't touch alcohol. Come on waste your life on that stuff. But anyway, if, the, if you spend all that time fighting for your Christian, I can do this and be a Christian. It's my personal. Man, how about you step away from the gray middle line and run as far as you weigh and, and get as close to the fire of God as possible? What are we trying to do? I'm trying to make it to heaven with as much compromise in my life as possible. You, you lost your mind. I'm, I'm making it to heaven. Man, it's my goal to never sin again, ever again by the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to bring as many people with me. I'm not trying to be relevant to get people to heaven. You don't, look like the world. You don't look like the world to get people to heaven. You look like Jesus to get people to heaven. Jesus wasn't walking around like, oh, I'm going to do what I want. He served God. He said, I don't do anything except uh, first see my father do it. But back to comparison, now that we've crossed over that line, man, I get heated sometimes. People talking about tattoos. You you crazy. Go out and I'm going to I'm going to tattoo a scripture. How about you put, how about you memorize that scripture, tattoo it in your heart? How about that? I'm going to put a cross. Man, go, go put a cross on your, get that little, what would Jesus do bracelet? Wear that thing for the next 18 years. If you're that serious about it. Comparison. Ultimately, it comes down to, thank you for bearing with me on that. Who? It, ultimately it comes down to that moment that you stand before God. You know, the disciples were funny. I mean, we, we have a lot to learn from them. They were regular dudes who a lot of times made mistakes. You know, their, who's the greatest in the kingdom? You know, all those questions. But there was a time actually where the, a comparison was brought up and Jesus told someone, mind your own business. John chapter 21, uh, Jesus says to Peter, he says, S- uh, Simon Peter, do you love me? Peter, the third time, Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you would stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. He's talking about John it says, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? So here Jesus has just told Peter, hey, you're you, at the end of your life, you, your death's not going to be what you want it to be. And Jesus turns and says, well, tell me about John's death, basically. What about him, Lord? We're in competition. What about him, right? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. The moment comparison comes in, man, this person, this, this person, that. Hey, Jesus is saying, listen, look me in the eyes. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Their calling's different. Their gracing's different. Their anointing is different. You follow me. Ultimately, at the end of your life, you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account for that. And Jesus is saying, pay attention to your own life. Make full proof of your ministry. Stop comparing yourself. There's a lot of freedom that comes, a lot of joy that comes. When you look at your own life, yes, maybe there's someone who's who's better off than you are. There's always going to be somebody. Don't compare yourself by those people. How, is, has God blessed you? Has God prospered you? Has God saved you? Where did he take you from? Look at those things. Man, where did he bring you from? Who were you before you met Jesus? Where are you now? How much have you progressed? What has the Lord already done? Lord, I need you to do this, this, and this in my life. I want you to come down and just overnight change me into this anointed uh fireball-breathing Christian, full of the fire of God. Well, start being thankful for what God has done. Man, I'm glad I'm not who I was. I'm not yet who I'm going to be, but I'm content, and I'm moving forward. I'm seeking the face of God, and watch what God does in your heart and your life. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being people committed to the Word of God, committed to the Kingdom of God. Follow God, drop the comparison, and get your joy back. It's good to serve the Lord. Amen.